commentary, technology, preparedness, and pop culture. From Nashville, Tennessee, the home of hot chicken. I'm Jess, the straight Christian conservative one. And I'm Chris, a gay Buddhist libertarian. We will explore today's issues with opposing viewpoints. And feature guests with incredible or unique stories. We may see things differently. But in the end, this is... Still, still love, love you, bro. bro. We Hi, finally Chris. got that right. We did. We got it perfect. What What is this, like three episodes in a row that we've messed up and but it just kind of ha- went however it decided to go? Yeah, you know, that's, that's yeah. what we do. But that's kind of the nature of this. But that might be changing soon, though, thanks to uh, a special guest of ours today. Yes, actually. And we, we keep promising unique guests with the uh, unique stories, and we couldn't find one, so we found uh, another local. <laughs> right, so a, a unique den. He unique den. right into the door. Yes, yeah, right. so we're welcoming David with us today. How are you, David? I'm very well. Thanks for having me out. Good, good. So David is um, a, a local that we've known for a while and um, has a long career in the entertainment industry um, and in radio and um, pretty much you've dabbled since I've known you. Well, you know, you, you have to keep life interesting, right? So uh, dabbling in a little bit of everything helps that. Absolutely. When when I was in, in high school, one of my instructors had a saying on the, on the board, and it stayed up all the time, and it said, uh, know uh, something about everything and everything about something. <laughs> so I like I, I've that. tried really hard to know something about everything. I think that's better than the old saying, a jack of all trades, a master of none. Absolutely. But better than a master of one, I hear. Absolutely. Absolutely. I like that. Wow. So tell us about your career. You started in radio. Started in radio uh, from my high school. I went to a local military school, and uh, we had uh, a student-run radio station, and, and I got interested in doing that, and and uh, way back in time, back in the 70s, you had to have a uh, what was called a, a Class C radio telephone license. There, were, there was C, uh, B, and A, and C being the, the least of them. But you had to have at least that certification to, uh, to be on the radio, to be a DJ. Now, you could you know, walk in, hey, I'm a famous guy, and I'm going to uh, have a little interview but the operator, the the true DJ turning the knobs, had to have that license, and there was a sixty something question test that uh, FCC test that you had to go to Nashville, and and uh, some guy in a suit and tie gave it to you and uh, to qualify you. So, so similar to the amateur radio licenses today. Absolutely, sure, okay. sure, except for commercial radio. So. Um, Part of what you did, you joined what was called the Radio Club, and the Radio Club studied radio theory, electronic theory, and those types of things that that prepared you to take that Class C test. So I was able to to make my way through and and uh, pass that test, and and of course the ultimate goal was you were supposed to keep studying. And move forward through a through a B license and and maybe even an A, even though A actually most of those folks had uh, electronic engineering type degrees. Yeah, they're the folks like building that. the transmitters that, at that, that point. That's right. But a Class B could do repairs up to a certain level and mm-hmm. things like that. So I, I made it onto there and and uh, and did some late night radio and and those kind of things and. And tell me, tell me about the music you were playing back then. 
Well, it, it's seventies. I mean, what, what you know, we, we were playing sixties and seventies music, you okay. know, and, and uh, spinning up some James Brown and folks like that. You nice. know, all that, all that good uh, uh, oldies. What's now considered oldies party? But it was music, the hits right? back then. That was, yeah. that was what was yeah. hot. Yeah, yeah I was just curious new. what kind of music the kids at a military academy listened to. So, oh, you know, yeah. they 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 still listen to the same type of music that. That other kids did, and and uh, maybe somewhat more, uh, they were more interested in it than than the average kid because it was it was a total removal from uh, a structured society, if you will, that that military school is. So, sure, well, it was sort of their escape. For a while, they did away with the live bugler that played the different things that you know like taps and mm-hmm. and reveille and they did away and did had this uh automated one had these big speakers mounted on the roof of the main building and and uh that that worked really well till somebody hijacked their way into oh, no. it yeah. and uh so in the final formation one year uh Alice Cooper rolled out with the uh, schools out for the summer, and <laughs> that's awesome. Did you have that, any part of that? I have. I I had no 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 uh, 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 part of that whatsoever. Oh come on! The statute of limitations is well run yeah. out for well, that. You, you got to be honest. You have to remember, my father was an instructor there. In fact, the headmaster. So, oh, so you still the, can't admit to uh, it. Those no, are the people no, no, that no. that do the. The craziest things, though, because yes. they have that coverage. So. Son of a preacher, man. Absolute, right? Absolutely. Well, absolutely. So, and you, you were telling us uh, something interesting that happened during your, your DJ years there. Oh, well, I, I, was, uh, I was telling you a story uh, about we were, we were all talking about live radio and live podcast and the things that uh, The that crazy can, things that happen that between happen, those things. Yeah. And uh, I, I remember a situation where... Uh, uh, back in those days, um, we uh, we did the uh, the live broadcast of football and basketball games, and and uh, even I think maybe did a maybe, well, I've done a baseball game or two. But at any rate, uh, the the guys that were down uh, on the field and in in, uh, in the booth down there and watching the game and doing the play by play, and and I and uh, and I won't. Give away this this person, or actually the people there that were directly. I won't give away their names, but uh, because one of them is still very much in sports radio and and all as a as a commentator, so I, I won't give away his yeah, we, name. But we don't want to get him. <laughs> don't want to get him in trouble. That's it. That's that air it, take but, is somewhere buried in a basement. That's where it should stay. <laughs> that, and so the the engineer sitting up in the in the station. Um, and all the microphones down at the, at the field stayed live all the time. And the engineer in the station was responsible for turning, turning those guys off. And, and so they, they were supposed to say, okay, we're going to send you back up to the station for a uh, commercial break. And of course we had to give the station ID back in those days, you had to give it Every half hour and every, every half hour, every wow. half hour. It's only it, every hour now. Yeah, we well, had to give it every half hour and every hour on the hour, and uh, so uh, and and you and you cut them off, and you did the you did the whole commercial break thing, played some commercials, and and uh, and uh, gave the gave the uh, station call letters, and 
So uh, the the cue had come back to me. I'd played through the commercials, and I gave what was supposed to be their cue. Hey, we're going to send you back down to the to the field, to more of our team, and and that kind of thing. At and, that that point, they're supposed to pick up the ball and start doing. They're supposed their to realize that their that their mic right. is fixing to come back because they, they should be listening to the broadcast. But they had got distracted. Now remember, at this time, this is still an all male school, <laughs> and so when teams came in with with. Uh, Young ladies as cheerleaders, it came, became somewhat distracting, and uh, oh, wow. and so just as I just as I flipped the mic uh, back down to them, uh, one of them in the booth says, "Have you seen the Katangas on that cheerleader?" <laughs> <laughs> and so immediately I flipped them off and. And I said, well, hey, let's, uh, let, let's hear this commercial from the United <laughs> States Army because we had uh, what was called cart players, and they, they were sort of a cousin to a CD player. Is that a good way to it's sure. like an 8-track. It's a good way. Kind of yeah. similar to 8-track a, a little oh, yeah. bit. Oh, yeah. What, what did I say? CD, CD, no, 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 yeah. I meant to say uh, an 8-track. Track. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's were, some, some of our listeners might not even know what a CD player is, though. So yeah, or an 8-track. I, yeah. I, I had an 8-track in my car, so I mean, <laughs> that's another whole story. It was a quadraphonic, but that, we can talk about that. But, oh, uh, I know what you're uh, talking about now. Yeah, I flipped it. I flipped it over, and the, the, this card had come in in the mail, uh, they they send them in to us, and you know a lot of different kind of commercials, and they they would come in on these pre-recorded carts, and carts are set up so that you know they basically rewind themselves and reposition themselves for the next time you punch the button, they're the same commercial. And I had no idea what this commercial said. It could have been Donald Duck talking for all I knew, <laughs> you know. It but just, it was better than what was going on. But the it air. was better than what was being said <laughs> on the air, and and you know in the seventies they were a little more. Uh, you know, persnickety. Yeah. How about that for a word? Yeah, Pers- I like persnickety that. About I don't know what, that what the played. FCC would have gotten into that, but it was pretty dang close. You were riding the line with, uh, yeah, at 50, with that. What would you call that? Uh, innuendo? Yeah, an yeah, innuendo. In, in, uh, yeah. And at 50 watts, I doubt that they could hear it in Washington. <laughs> so. Yeah. No, they're always listening. FCC is always, always listening. Right. They're always listening. Yeah. Wow. What, what's fascinated me too is you know the era of radio is uh, how much it's changed. And like you said, to, to be on the air in the past, you had to have a license, and and you couldn't just stand. And I know stations now where you just you can get hired, and you're in front of a mic and pushing buttons with no license. But the airways have changed. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, look at us. We're sitting here plugged in. The internet has brought so much content. Um, you know, and just change the face of radio. Well, it's 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 accessibility. I mean, yeah. you know, if you wanted to be on the radio, um, not too long ago, uh, airspace is never going to change. We have a fixed space uh, for the FM band for the AM band, and it hasn't been changed in a long time. And uh, those stations are really valuable in the commercial side of it because you know they they make money, and so you're going to see. Radio stations and licenses sell for millions of dollars whenever they do sell because it's a huge money-making opportunity for some folks. In the non-commercial realm, which is what I was involved in when I was in college, those rotate around a little bit more. However, you can't make money with them. But that's still a fixed amount of space. Unless you go to a college that has a radio station or you you happen to provide some sort of service to a radio station where they let you get on the air or pay for airtime, I mean, you don't really have a platform. Now we have podcasting, we have the internet, we have YouTube videos, 
And we've got all kinds of things that allow us to simply jump on and, and share our views with uh, with the world, or whoever wants to listen, I suppose. Yeah, and something else I found, um, I can't remember the name, but there was this app I saw somebody post on Facebook, and it's like a just a worldwide connector to radio stations that stream. So hmm. you can browse the map. And, it's like and iHeart? Or... No, um, I'll find it. We'll put it on links to the show on our website. But there's this, you just... It has a globe and it has dots all over the place, and pretty much every terrestrial radio station in the world is on it because wow. all the all these terrestrial stations stream now. But you can scroll over to the the coast of Ireland, and there's a there's a little radio station that plays like traditional Irish music twenty four seven, and it's just, it's so cool. But think about those you know those advertisers and that one station the the, the advertisements are are for that local community but it's being heard around the world mm-hmm. you know who would have thought in the 1970s when david was putting you know cart machines in that you know a station like that is is going to be plugged into the world you well, know well even more than that just consider uh and i'm not sure exactly when this change occurred what year but you know at and in the 70s a lot of am stations were what was called down to dust stations yeah and and so without getting into all the technicalities and, and all that about signals bouncing off the ionosphere and all that stuff, uh, some of that was done to control, if you will, uh, so you didn't end up with so much clutter on the airways. And a lot of aircraft, uh, small craft, piloted uh, by following radio stations. Hmm. And, of course, now you don't have that dawn-to-dust requirement, as far as I know, and uh, an AM station can play because planes don't depend on it and navigation's not done by it. And I'm not sure because I, I was FM side, and so I, I'm not really sure if there's still a, a dawn-to-dusk regulation. But, but yeah, like you said, without getting into all the technicalities of it, because I know we totally could. <laughs> sure, sure. And, uh, but the, because uh, I and think we're every, all... And then everybody AMs, will yeah. fall asleep. Yeah, exactly. And, and, yeah. Yeah. The the one technical person that listens to our podcast would be like, oh yeah please go into it. no yeah, okay. please tell yeah, please please but the long and the short of it is at nighttime certain radio signals propagate further and in the AM band that's what's happening so that's right. radio AM stations are told to reduce power or some of them actually have uh, special antennas that change the way their signal radiates absolutely um, and uh, that allows them to not interfere with certain stations at night that they would otherwise right and of course the the uh, school station was an FM station but we uh, we worked with the local with the local radio station and uh, their their engineer signed off on our transmitter and mm-hmm. that kind of thing because you had to have an a class and um, and we simulcasted a lot of times where our right. F, we were up on their AM station. Well, if they were a educational station, they could stay on the air uh, because because they were simulcasted with us. Now it was, I believe, with a reduced power, but still they could stay on the air. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, at night, a lot of times we we had to give out dual call letters: one for the AM station, right. one for yeah. the FM station, and. And that and that kind of thing, and and so that then that sort of led me to to working at the local station. Then when I graduated from high school, and and we actually went out there and occupied the station sometimes, and we would simulcast, but we'd be in their studio instead of ours. Hmm. 
So um, yeah, little touch was, of the of the real real thing, you know. That's right of the real of the real world. Even though we had a console at the time, it was very similar to theirs. Right. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the barrier to entry as far as the equipment is, um, I bet you back then it was extremely high. Now it's still high. I mean, you know, uh, broadcast consoles are a very niche, you know, audio thing. If you're if you're interested in audio, uh, Chris and I and I and especially you, I bet we could all have a huge conversation about the different uh, intricacies in audio, but um, uh, we, uh, when I was in, in, uh, at my college, we uh, actually replaced a lot of our broadcast audio gear. And uh, those things can get extremely expensive, and, and for good reason. They have to operate 24 hours a day, and they have to, have to be really reliable, and they also have to be modular. So, you know, if something, one thing breaks on the thing, the whole console doesn't go down. You still have an ability to stay on the air. Unlike most equipment today, if one piece of it breaks, just you've got yeah. to replace the whole thing. And and equipment is a lot more, um, you know, disposable, for lack of a better word. Now, you know, at, at that time, to repair that transmitter was hugely expensive in tube cost and things oh, like tube that. Tube cost is crazy. And 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 nowadays it's expendable, and you you uh, uh, unplug uh, module A and reach in a box and get a new module a and plug it back in you're back on the air and my school station is still running a tube transmitter so they the tube cost is is something that they're starting to realize and now there's a tube shortage so a lot of stations i'm sure if if you know anything about radio and your radio station has a tube you know that there is a tube shortage right now and and that's that's causing a lot of stations to um really consider upgrading to solid state transmitters and they're definitely superior in a lot of ways yeah, but you know there, there's a there's something to be said for the for the warmth of the sound yeah. of those old tube uh, transmitters yeah. and all. I and, agree. And of course, you know another requirement in and with those types of transmitters is making sure that they stay on the frequency they're supposed to be they on can and, and haven't haven't drifted off and mm-hmm. that, and that's something that's a daily maintenance thing, right? Yeah. And check those and make sure they're still. Where they're supposed to uh, the be. beautiful thing I think about analog broadcast or analog radio anything is you know I they they in the ham radio world anyway they they will say stuff like you know modern day uh, hams are kind of more like appliance operators more than anything because back in the glory days you know 20 30 years ago if you wanted to have a amateur radio you had to ba- basically build it from parts uh, nowadays, you can spend a thousand dollars and buy one off the shelf once you have your license, and and then go and use it. And uh, but I, I was very lucky to be able to be involved at that radio station where we had an old, you know, tube broadcast transmitter. It had an exciter. It had all the all the uh, different parts, and you had to learn how to not only operate them, but when they break, you got to go and diagnose it, and you got to go and fix it. Uh, because you know, there's no module to swap out. It's either all or nothing. So, and that's sad. I, you know, I've, especially when Radio Shack closed, like the era of tinkering mm-hmm. with electronics or with radio is gone. I'm really sad. I mean, about like you that, said, yeah. you, you go buy a radio. I remember when I was younger, my first ham radio was a kit, mm-hmm. and um, and I, and I, you know, I my kid does some STEM stuff at school, but they're just. I'm seeing less and less people interested in in any kind of basic electronics because you can buy it so cheap from China or yep. you know it's just so mass produced that there's just that love of you know electronics and how things work is just fading quickly I think. Well, I bought one of those old uh Heathkit uh transmitters uh 80 meter yep. band yep. transmitter yep. and built it the on old the, blue thing. Yeah, yep. b- built it up and then strung about 
11 million miles of copper wire all across my parents' backyard. To, oh man. For an antenna and, and, uh, and, and then sit there with this little crystal controlled Heath kit that I, that I built on the kitchen table and, and talk to a guy in Mexico. Yep. Yeah. You know, uh, it's crazy that, I mean, thing. that's amazing. And, and now, now, now you, all you have by, to do is, you know, get on your phone and you can talk to anybody on the world. You know, just, if you want to meet anybody, you can just do it on the internet. That's, I think that the gap that is taking place is it's become, it was so much harder to communicate around the world um, for the average person, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Um, but now it's instantaneous. And there's no effort whatsoever. We're kind of in society these days where it's, you know, oh, I broke my phone. I'm going to go buy a new one. You know, they, they, there's not as much fix it now. And that can be related to a lot of things. I think there's the, that certain companies are, you know, building devices to be, instead of fix it, it's go buy a new one, you know. Well, it's more profitable. It is more profitable. Yeah, but, and it's, but it's taken away the, uh, the mystique, uh, the, the, the challenge of of ham radio a little yeah. bit. I yeah. mean that. <clears throat> I'm sorry. So because you know we had to build what we talked on. We had to learn Morse code. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean you you started out and you were you were sending you were on that CW that was key and back then, and yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean I had to had to, when I got my amateur license I I had to uh, I think I had to send send and receive ten words a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, maybe it was seven, but it still, you know, it, it's a matter you had to learn the whole dot and dash thing. To, I can send, I just can't receive. I've never been able to. <laughs> I try. I just can't develop I, that. Wait, wait, wait! It, in that in that sort of light, be like, I, you know, I I can't. I can recognize words, but I can't read. Yeah, and it's, it's the, yeah. that's the weird thing. Is well, <laughs> think about it. Like toddlers can talk, but they can barely read. You know. I guess oh, it's a okay. similar aspect to yeah, that. Yeah, I but, guess I could see. Uh, yeah. It's a lot harder though yeah. to just take those, take the, the dots and dashes, and and translate that in your head to where you know, oh, I know what letter that is immediately. Like it takes me a few seconds. Like, oh, I know what letter that is, but by then I'm lost. So I had a I had a mentor that uh, that could send and receive like fifty words. A, oh my a goodness! Minute. It's like Holy a computer. Cow. I mean, it's just, yeah. That's got to sound unreal. like just one little solid tone if you're keying that. Like, fast. what is that? That's like that's like a hundred baud. That's like yeah. one if one yeah. character is a baud. That's he crazy. Was, he he had been a navy uh, radio operator. Worked all these secret oh, projects so. on a done on, it a, all sub, the time. on a submarine. Uh, sitting under the polar ice cap, listening to code coming out of uh, of uh, Russian military stations and stuff. So and that was his life for a long say, time. So oh, he just yeah, got I mean, it. He just lived code. Wow, yeah. it's like speaking a It's immersion. You know, yep. they say the best way to learn a language is to immerse yourself, and I guess that's totally what that is. You know? I guess if you're on a submarine, you, that's yeah, you that's your only time. friend is some yeah. Russian sending um, secret uh, bomb codes, and that's right. What, right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> It's funny how it's changed, too. I was just reading a story today that a beaver or a family of beavers uh, chewed through a piece of fiber in Canada and took out internet to a whole city. You're serious. Yeah, they were beavers? totally unplugged. What do beavers want with glass fiber? I don't know. Well, I read an article about this, uh, uh, not about beavers necessarily, but it was about why mice... And squirrels are chewing on electrical lines and stuff now. You know, hmm. um, out at the fairgrounds, they've had a lot of trouble with that, and and they've had to change to metal sheathed electric lines and right. stuff. And it's because 
um, the wires on cars and, and the insulation on them, the insulation on the home electrical wiring is a uh, soybean byproduct. And that's why the really? ro- rodents are, are chewing on it. So they're attracted of, to it somehow. Like that's it's, right. It must be sweet or something to uh, them, you yeah. know. A friend of mine's car was had uh, seven or eight hundred dollars worth of damage because oh, the squirrels wow. built a nest under the hood and and uh, chewed up all the wires wow. in the process. And a modern modern car like well, the electrical system. My, my grandfather had a, had some squirrels chewing up hoses under his truck. Hmm. I, and I never really thought about I that. I didn't think that. Soy. Yeah. Wow. Wow. A soy uh, byproduct. What it, what it says? I thought it was just all some cheap plastic coating that they put on it, you know, but I guess. But I it guess, is. Yeah. It's made out of soy. But it's made out of soy. Oh, what do you know? Soy, wow. So, so we're going to have to in, it, like uh, end up putting like bittering agents into we, the yeah, wires. Let's invent a new cabling sheath. Yeah, anti, anti-squirrel uh, cable. Yeah, like, the, had, like put that bittering in uh, antifreeze to keep animals from. Yeah, because it, it tastes sweet. Like it, the yeah, actual chemical that. tastes sweet. Huh. Yep. To humans as well. The glycol, so. yeah. And sometimes you think that's a sham. I had a, I had a guy, um, one of our vendors a long time ago, we had a problem with, with a camera we had inside of a facility because every bug would run across it and spiders would make nests on it. <laughs> and so, you know, when I was like, we've got to replace it, he said, well, do you want a, an anti-spider or spider-proof camera? I'm like, well, what is that? He's like, it's just designed to, to dispel spiders. I'm like, what? Is it the color? Is it the smell? Is it, there's this little thing in it that kind of vibrates it and emits a sound, and it keeps huh. spiders from going. And I'm like, well, you know, whatever. I mean, that okay, sure. Why don't they I'll put that sp- in everything, like yeah. every camera? Like. And I thought he was crazy, but you know what? We've never had a spider on that camera anymore. Wow. I thought it kept that guy from swinging through between buildings. And- <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. I was like, this is just some oh, kind that's of sales thing. Man. Yeah. yeah. Whoopsie. Anti-spider. <laughs> you get in the comic book, and he's swinging through, and he sees the camera. No! Yes. Not the vibrating <laughs> camera. <laughs> I guess that's, yeah. That's crazy. Anti-spider camera. Superpowers yeah. negated by vibrating camera. That's it. That's the next issue right that's there. Right. Could have oh. been, been kryptonite, but nope. <laughs> Who knows? It, from the price of it, it probably was. Yeah, absolutely. Well, All I'll right. tell you what, you know, We've definitely exhausted our. We say uh, news commentary technology. We've we've definitely exhausted the technology for a while. We haven't talked about hardly anything technology in a while in in this uh, podcast. But I think this episode makes up for it. We've talked uh, quite a bit. Really hard for me to believe that Chris would not have found a way to put technology in every podcast. Well, you know that as, as much as he does, is he tries to stay out of it as much as possible. <laughs> yes, because he has to be surrounded by it all I've day. I've enjoyed talking about politics. So yeah, far, so. I agree. I have too. I, I really do because um, ever since uh, I, I've been off of Facebook for a little while, and, and um, for a while, talking about politics was basically like ruling uh, my life. Like when I'm not at work, like I was just so I wanted to get on there, post articles, comment, and 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 have discussions with people. Discussions. There were arguments. You know, there's no no way around that. And I just I felt like I, I guess I was addicted to it. And at one point, I was just like. You know what? I, I was so stressed about a stupid discussion that I was having, and I'm like, "Why am I committing so much energy to this?" And, and so I just quit. I cold, cold turkey. I just went and closed my Facebook Facebook what, account. What's down. designed to make you addicted? Yeah, I suppose so. But sure. it, and you can tell that because every time I see something on Facebook, I'm like, "Jesse, did you see it?" And you're like, "No, yeah, I'm not. No, on I'm Facebook not on Facebook anymore. anymore." But there's such a lack of civility. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, you you can't have just a, a conversation where two people disagree, and, and this is my opinion, this is your opinion. I, you know, you you keep yours, and I'll keep mine, and 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 we still. Uh, what's the tag? Say? Still love you, bro. Still love you. Bro. That's you know what I mean? this show is about. But there, there's no civility no. left on on Facebook, in in my opinion. It, I mean, it's, it got so bad. That that was one of the reasons I left is because I just it, one of the one of the moments when I was really upset was like I had I had people that that somehow I don't know I didn't know them personally, but apparently they knew of me, and they they took part into like essentially character assassination, I suppose. They they knew where I went to school, and so they, they started saying, oh, I went to school with this guy. He's a troublemaker. He always does stuff like this. And I was like, and it was almost hurtful because like, I don't know this person, but they, do they actually know who I am in real life? Like, do they actually think that um, I'm a troublemaker or I, I'm, I'm this or I'm that? And I'm sitting there questioning myself. And I'm like, this personal attack in an argument is actually, you know, normally that stuff doesn't faze me because I'm like, oh, that's ad hominem, but... That was really personal, and that was one of the points where I was like, Ooh, maybe I, well, maybe I need to slow down." And there, and there, and folks become such joiners, and so you get somebody on one of these hip sites, and they say, "I, I was at at X Y Z restaurant tonight, and my waitress was slow, mm-hmm. and." And the butter was frozen. Yeah. And and the next thing you know, people come like, out of the woodwork. That happened to me one time, and mm. and and then they just they just yeah. expand That's, on it until it. And then they're like, "Hey, let's get pitchforks and torches and go burn the restaurant down. Yeah. They're an evil place." Yeah. That's how happened the, a lot. How did where, that come from frozen butter yeah. to let's boycott the place? That that's happened a lot. Where you'll have a restaurant that somehow gets tied up into politics whether on purpose or by accident. And uh, they will all of a sudden have thousands upon thousands of negative reviews on their restaurant. And People that have never been there. Yeah, yeah. and they're not, not even living in the state, maybe not even the country. And there's not a lot of verification involved in that. It's just kind of, it's there, and you're kind of stuck with it. And it's amazing how, how social media can, can ruin a small business. I mean, yeah. yeah. But it goes both ways. I, I know of a restaurant that opened, you know, in this city, and the um, somebody posted a negative review how they felt about the food and the owner of the restaurant made some pretty rough comments um, to that. And, and they got, you know, they, they went out of business really quick. So, I mean, you've just, social media has amplified everybody's voice yeah. and, and the problem, like, like we've talked about on the show, you just, you, people don't mind their own business. And, and like David said, when, when you start bandwagoning, you know, you, you probably had, most of these people had no, intention to ever tell on the restaurant or the bad experience they had. They probably didn't even call the manager of the restaurant and explain. They just went home and they've been ticked off about it. Then all of a sudden one person says, well, you know, I cold butter. And, and then these people come out of the woodwork. Mm-hmm. So, but what's, what's the right answer for a business? I mean, if you, uh, if you go on there and you defend your, your help, you defend your food, you, def- you, you say, I, I'm, I'm sorry you had a bad experience. If you'd come in, we'd love to talk to you about it and see yep. what we can do to make it right. And and then you become almost villainized over it. Uh, so do you get on there and you do that, or do you just ignore it? And and what what's the real right answer, or is there a right answer I, well, there's for, not, a, yeah. for a business owner? If you ignore it, people say you're ignoring the problem. And I, I, I think if I if I owned a business and I, and I had a, and I've, 
I've seen some do this, but you answer it in a polite way. And, you know, again, apologize. You had the problem. If you had come to us while you were here, we would have certainly made it right. If you want to come back, we'll give you another shot. If you're still not happy, I'm sorry. You know, there's, there's plenty of, and I think maybe if it's just a short, polite answer, you've satisfied the people that want to see you answer. Um, but there's still going to be people that say, well, you know, what, obviously if that bad thing happened to one person, it's going to happen to everyone on the go. And I'll, those are probably not the customers that restaurant needs. I yeah. mean, and, and the thing is, is I, you have to answer eloquently in some way. If you're going to answer, you cannot be uh, accusatory or mean because anyone coming into this conversation is going to, they're not going to give you the benefit of the doubt. You know, it's, they're going to see the first comment and then they're going to see this, you know, vicious response from the owner and they're going to think the worst. You know, even if you're in the right, you, you really shouldn't be any sort of accusatory. Be polite and just say, we're sorry. You know, we're more than welcome to make it right. We, we want to make it right. And people are going to, I, in my experience, if you're nice and you're a good person, people like you. People tend to side with you in that sort of situation. It's just easy to be that way. But unfortunately, like you said, with the business that closed, some people just aren't that way, and, and they're mean sometimes, and those things get amplified online. So I guess you uh, you go on there, you give your your response, your short and um, accurate response, and then, and then you quit. Because sure. if, if you continue... If you continue yeah. to argue and, you know, so, you know, they say, well, you know, uh, my waitress talked mean to me. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I'm sorry if they did. We'll, we'll address that in some training, blah, blah, blah. And and so then the next thing you say, well, I didn't like the shoes she had on. Uh, right. So, it just keeps going back and right. forth and back and forth. Well, I think at some point you that just engagement. have to answer and, so, and, then, and then just step and away. And that's it. it. Because yeah. people, I think, if you're posting that on the internet, and, and whether or not you've called the restaurant, you want that engagement. You're not posting it because you had an up. Because if you were upset at a restaurant, you know, why has it only been the last few years everybody's posting about it on the internet? They want that negative engagement. I think they want to engage the restaurant in a negative way, and they feel like they're making a big difference. I'm of a different opinion, and and I, I I haven't worked in the restaurant industry a long time, but I have when I was younger. The customer is not always right, no. And and we keep talking about that. You know, I hear it all the time. The customer is always right, and that's how customer service is. Not really. The customer is not always right, and and but it's hard as a business owner, I guess, to stand up and say, you know, you're in the wrong. Um, but sometimes you have to. Yeah, I mean, the the interesting thing is, and, and you said ignore um, as one of your. Um, uh, possible solutions. And I'll be honest, that is a good solution sometimes. It just depends. Um, and usually it's for bigger places that don't have a lot of traffic on their social media, I'd say. Um, I, I forget what it is, but I once read something about how politics, uh, pol- politicians, that's like their first level of response. If someone accuses them of something, they're initially going to evaluate it and then ignore it because, you know, if this person is not very popular or they don't have a lot of uh, following, then if they ignore it, it's just going to go away. Whereas if they call attention to it, everyone's going to hear about it. Um, ignoring is totally possible. Uh, however, I will say the internet has removed that in some cases, because think about um, one of our coworkers, uh, they had a, a situation with a certain package delivery company. And, you know, this happens to people all the time, it, 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 all across the country, and nothing is ever done about it. Well, guess who went crazy on Twitter and got a bunch of people to retweet it, and all of a sudden, this package delivery company is concerned and uh, found his package all of a sudden. 
So ignoring doesn't always work and it can sometimes backfire on you. And especially even if you're a big business. So. Yeah, it's a tangled web. Um, Social media has just completely changed the way that we do business. And, and there is no solution. That's the problem. I mean, I've, I've gotten on Twitter. I've taken to Twitter when I've had a company that's not responding, but only after I've given them, you know, every avenue to solve it. I've, I've emailed that they've asked you to do. I've called, you know, and if I have to get on Twitter and start tweeting at you to get a response, you know, it shouldn't, shouldn't happen, yeah. but the Twitter is like getting a megaphone and, and in a public forum and just shouting your complaint extremely loud. But at some point in time, you know, folks have got to decide that they need to verify uh, information that that's on there, you know, did, did this really happen mm-hmm. or, or did somebody just decide that they, they didn't like the ABC restaurant. And so they're going to, they're going to kick them around a little bit on Facebook and, and are putting things on there that just didn't happen. Aren't true. Yeah. And nobody takes the time to, to check into it. Uh, and and find out the facts. And people believe anything you put on Facebook. Yeah, I mean, That's they could have thing. you know other motivations on why they're doing this or or how why they want to leave a bad review. There's a, there's a, there's been a lot of cases. Like I mentioned at the beginning of this conversation, um, there's cases where people who have never been there, never even been in the county or the or the state, leave negative reviews just just despite this restaurant or the, what they believe in. And now I think there are some recovery methods, you know, depending on the platform where you can say, Hey, we're getting attacked. Can you please remove some of these bad reviews? So we just don't, you know, lose our reputation completely. And I think that that recourse has taken place, but you know, it's very difficult to get that because I'm sure it's a lot of time out of Google or Facebook's day. Well, sure. And And if you're a restaurant owner, that's the last thing you have time to do. Let's add that to our stack. We always talk about some of our, our taglines, mind your own business, Let's add verify information because that goes around yeah. everything. We talked about um, cybersecurity earlier and, um, you know, p- people calling you with scams. Verify the information you're looking at, whether it's a news article, whether it's, you know, a restaurant review, whether it's somebody calling you, um, you an know, email. with an offer. Yeah, a, a, a Mongolian prince found a, a crate with $45 million in it and would like to ship it to America verify the information that you're looking at before you go and retweet it or re-spew it onto the internet. Well, not even that. I, I had a friend of mine who contacted me today, and uh, they had had their uh, uh, several of their accounts hacked, and Netflix was one of them. And uh, we really couldn't figure out how they did it. Well, they got an email today saying that, hey, uh, you've requested a password reset. Please click this form and follow mm-hmm. through. And uh, they contacted Netflix and said, Hey, apparently someone tried to reset my password. And they're like, no, we don't have any record of anyone trying to reset your password. It was a phishing email. And I guarantee you that's how it happened in the first place because that phishing email, you click through it probably has a little form to where you can change your password, where you type your old password in. And that's really easy. And if it's done well, it can fool a lot of people. So I had, uh, the, quote, IRS call me and oh, say, yeah. they, we have an active warrant for your arrest <laughs> because of suspicious drug activity uh, using your social security number. Suspicious said, drug activity. I said, so the IRS is now responsible for drug enforcement? And, and they're like, all government agencies work together. And I was like, oh, okay. really? All right, thanks. And, uh, 
And so uh, I didn't you know you could use your social security number as a credit card to purchase drugs. That's really interesting. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, so this goes along, and he says that the local law enforcement has the warrants, and they're staged nearby to come take me into custody, <laughs> and they will arrest you in front of your family and all of your neighbors, wow, and you will be vicious. So, Helicopter is circling right now. Absolutely. But if you will run out to a local big box store and uh, and get four gift cards for a hundred dollars each, and and call me back and give me those. Uh, I can clear this up for you. Right, right, because that's how the IRS takes payments. So to, to make a, a long story, a very long story short, uh, I I dabbled along with these guys. That's how you uh, combat them. And and to the point that I called them back over the course of about two days, <laughs> I called them back seventy two times. Holy cow! And you uh, mean business? And and uh, I mean, oh yeah, I've been just be riding down the road and calling. Oh my goodness! Hey, it's me. I, I'm, I'm worried about. I'm worried about that arrest warrant. There. Stop see, calling me. I see. They literally picked up the phone and said, "What do you want?" And I said, "Well, you call me." And they said. Quit calling us. I said, well, well, let's make a deal. He says, what's that? I said, what is it that you want? He said, money. And I said, oh, is that all this is about? And he said, sure. And I said, well, how much you want? And he's like, well, how much will you give me? I said, oh, I don't know. What about quarter million? And he said, you have that much money? I said, oh, sure. I got that right. I got that much. You're in the car with me. And he's like, well, I said, why don't you come meet me? He says, where do you want to meet? So I gave him the address of the sheriff's department. I can hear him putting it in the computer. He says, that's that's a law enforcement agency. I said, well, I got that much money. I want to be safe. (laughs) (laughs) These guys are are relentless, and and that's going to be my mission when I retire uh, because I enjoy doing it now. To be a scammer? No. no. <laughs> to, to comp- I want to answer every one of their calls, and yep. I want to engage them. And and I, I enjoy doing that now, but when I retire and I have all that time, that, that is going to be my mission. That will be my piece Well, these in folks life. pay by the minute on their phone bills. So the best thing to do if you know it's a scammer is to just keep them on the line and, and drag them along as long as possible if you have the time because they're going to lose money. No, I didn't know that. They pay mm-hmm. by the minute? Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. Yep. It's not that much, but, but imagine if everybody kept them on the line for like two two or three hours. You know, but but to find them by by computer impossible. You, yeah, absolutely. You, I impossible. mean, it goes through yeah. several links where they're, they're well, so far the down the line that the interesting thing is, and I actually learned this through a project I was doing recently. So I I, I was setting up a uh, what's called a PBX, which is a phone branch exchange, and that's essentially. Modern day phones are routed through the internet most of the time. There's not a lot of hard phone. Well, there is, but it's not as common. Um, and so, with VoIP or Voice over IP, um, you get a service on the internet to do what's called a trunking service, where essentially they route all your calls to their service and then they pump it out to a phone. Uh, well, through that process, I learned that it is as long as you have your own PBX or your own VoIP service. It is as easy as typing in a number and hitting enter to fake any phone number that you want. And there is nothing illegal about it whatsoever. Nothing. Ergo, the reason that these people are so successful and the one solution 
to to stopping this. There's 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 been several things in Congress and the FCC has worked on shaking stirs. The last project I saw to stop these calls, but the reality is there are companies making a lot of money off of these scammers. It's not the scammers. It's the people that sell the bandwidth for their phones, mm-hmm. and that is the single source of of uh, of bandwidth that could stop this, right? But they're not going to because th- if they pull the plug yeah. on scammers, they're not making they're, any money. They're getting the profits from it, right? So I blame the fact that that I got twelve calls yesterday, and and they're not lying. They have been trying to reach me about my car's extended warranty because they <laughs> called me twelve times. The reason that. The, the reason that people get 12 calls a day from warranty or these IRS calls is because there's companies, the companies that are selling these scammers the bandwidth to make these calls make a lot of money off of it. I do. And they say, how many, how many millions of calls per day in the United States? Can you imagine, you know, if they're just, even if they pay 50 cents a minute, how much money these companies make selling that, they're not just going to stop. And they could no. identify every one of these scam calls and stop it, but they're not going to. It's profit. And you know from the intro, I'm a conservative, so I believe in smaller, limited government. However, there are certain things that the government should regulate, and one of those things should be that. When private businesses are either monopolized or they're taking advantage of people that really don't have a say in it, that's when government should step in and fix those things, or at least litigate to where it's harder to do that. Well, I think it's sort of an extension of law enforcement. I mean, at some point, that that's a, a criminal action mm-hmm. that that the government needs to step in and stop. Sure. And and it's so unfortunate to see people fall for it. And and Chris and I have a, a mutual friend. Who uh, and I'll have to add, he became ill with dementia, and fell into this trap, mm. and was sending money to these folks uh, because he he truly believed that they were going to send him uh, three point nine million dollars. Yeah, and, and that's so uh, sad. I've just got to pay this fee. I've just got to. I've got to send them money for postal service. I, the guy's coming on a plane and bringing me the money in a paper sack or, or whatever. It's a carrot on a string. There's always something else. And that's it only right. takes one of those to pay for all that time and more. And that's why they keep doing it, because they are profiting. If they were not making any money, there would not be any spam calls. And that's what all this is about. We've seen the guy, um, and, and he has uh, a podcast and all uh, that uh, builds the he, – he's a former engineer for NASA, and he builds those, these boxes – that uh, oh, are you and the uh, people who steal packages? Yep. Yes. And it takes the lid off and it and those it's, glitter. Yeah, and the stuff. glitter bomb packages. Yeah, the, oh my it. goodness, I love those videos. And he's been involved lately in tracking uh, some of these these uh, payoffs on right. where people think they're supposed to send eighteen thousand dollars, and he's uh-huh. he's got involved in that and was showing how that. That these um, that what they call the mule that picks up the money picks up the, receives the package, and their instructions where they were to package up this this one that I watched uh, she was supposed to send fifteen thousand dollars in a FedEx package, and and did and the address turns out to be an Airbnb and so the the mule is only there a few hours they rent this Airbnb for a day. 
and the mule's only there for a few hours waiting for the package, picks mm-hmm. it up, and then he had it set where he could track the package, and he got that lady her money back, showed her that it was a scam, got the law enforcement involved, and they tracked that package all the way back to the the manager that had all that was gathering all yeah. these packages in. and through that they actually and obviously you could probably find this video online if you want to watch it it's very cool um uh they they were able to one of the people put the package in their car and they were able to then listen into their conversation and we found out that these mules that are doing this they really have no idea why they're doing this no all they know is i'm going to pick up this package i'm going to count this money and then i'm going to take a thousand dollars and I'm going to send it back. And why would you not do that? Like, that sounds like a fantastic job. Too good to be true. <laughs> yep. And that's what it is. But these people, you know what? I it's need desperate money. times. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. And, and, and I see that, especially now through COVID, it, you know, people are, are losing jobs. And, and when they get an email from, you know, a, a prince from Nigeria who wants to send them $2 million, People are desperate and, you know, and they're thinking, well, just a $3,000 investment for postage to get $3 million. Yeah, I'm on that. And, you know, lives are being ruined, not only by COVID and being out of work, but, you know, now people are spending their entire savings thinking that they're getting a, you know, bonus or they've won a internet lottery that their, their email was, uh, you know, put in. And, you know, it's really sad. It's sad that people keep falling for it. And, and sometimes some of the most intelligent people that I meet that have fallen for these things, it, on the other side, they're thinking, you know, I saw all the clues. I saw everything, but yep. it just didn't dawn on me. And it just it just wasn't enough. And, you know, there's, there is a light at the end of the tunnel, though. I think there's a lot of people that are starting to fight this. And, and especially, you know, with the YouTube channels that, that do this, there's several of them that will just, they will, they will annoy these guys. There's one of them who actually goes in, breaks into their computers, whether or not that's legal, I don't know, but he does. And he, he, uh, finds the spreadsheets and he calls all the people back. And one time he got into their bank, uh, online banking service and refunded all the money, all the transactions that he found. And wow. I mean, stuff like that, that's, that's what frustrates me is because it, I know this guy who does this is not in the United States. Um, I, I'm too afraid to do something like that. It's not like, you know, I don't have the skill. It's like Chris doesn't have the skill to do something like that. We totally could, but we're afraid because, you know, if you do do that, that's illegal well, the in the United States. Calling. They would totally come. Yeah. And, you're hacking computers across across uh, international lines. Yeah, you're, that's you're, bad. You're doing a criminal act against a criminal. Right. I mean, yeah. But it's so rewarding to see that. I mean, because all these people have gotten their money returned to them. And and he's calling the people that um, that are currently being scammed and saying, hey, this is a scam. You need to leave these guys alone. And, and it's... And the sad it's thing saving is, saving a lot of people. But that's that's a, such a small percentage, unfortunately. I yeah, mean, it is a very small lucky percentage. to get their money back. Speaking of, David, we appreciate your time today. Thank you for coming in. Oh, I enjoyed it. It's a great conversation. Absolutely. And I, I really enjoyed it. Sort of like being on the air. Right? I know. It's, yeah. Only this time, it's not live. And all those things that you didn't hear us say, we're going to take them out. That's right. <laughs> awesome. We'll have him back. There's, there's, you know, we, we talked early on. David is a. Uh, um, been around the block per se, and uh, he he knows a lot about a lot. So we'll have we'll certainly have him back with some more stories. I bet you have plenty of them for no, us. No, well, just like I said earlier, you got to know uh, something about everything and everything about something. There we go. That's the quote for the day. Well, let's check in with Chloe. Yeah, I think Chloe's here for us. Chloe, what you got today? Chloe, how are you? Well, hello, fine gentlemen. Um, fine gentlemen. TV game. She must be on the wrong show. I suppose. She can actually see us, so. 
I can. I can actually see you. It's amazing. Um, I have some TV show announcements, but I just want to tell our listeners tonight, tonight's pop culture section is going to be a little bit different. I wanted to find some things that Chris could be a little bit relevant on and also have some pop culture education this podcast. So I'm pop quite culture. excited about it. Chris looks PCE. quite excited for it, too. We're going to have some PCE awesome. this podcast. Educate me on pop culture. So um, the first things that I'll go over is that the new Game of Thrones prequel is uh, set, uh, started filming this week. So they have set pictures and all of that. You know, Game of Thrones was the most popular show ever. And then it just fell off the face of the earth. When this they is something I can get into because I love Game of Thrones. Well, good. There you go. That's um, all I have for that. I mean, there's not much other information. but You've made my day. Wow. Well, so I'm they're... glad. Uh, we found somebody, something pop culture. That Chris knows about. Have they been filming this for like a long time? So has it been known to the to so, some people? Or they were supposed to start, but then COVID happened, so they stopped. Oh, dang COVID! I know. So, uh, but yeah, and um, the reason I'm interested in it, other than I like Game of Thrones, is that Matt Smith, who was uh, in Doctor Who and was also in The Crown, is going to be one of the main characters in it. So that's kind of cool. So they're saying right now that it is supposed to be uh, the season one of House of Dragon will have 10 episodes. And according to some rumors, five total seasons have been planned, each with 10 episodes. Five seasons. Is that so how, how many seasons. seasons was the original? Because I haven't followed it very much. Was it 10, Chris? I think that's right. How many episodes each? Was, was it like... Five or well, seven or eight? Wow, eight, I think. that's up, a lot. Up to well, that's not true because up to the fi- the final season only had six. Oh, only six. That yeah, is still that's a lot of time though. But it, it is a lot, and they it put a lot. lot of stuff in that last episode too. Oh, that sounded kind of like a. Don't even get me started. Chloe's mentioned this to me before. How it was somewhat of a just all right. We're done. We're just going to put all the stuff in it and condense it. Like condense five books worth of content. Into like it one did movie. not end well for me. But anyway. So, um, another show that has their season three premiere this week was The Handmaid's Tale on Hulu, which I'm trying to get caught up on right now. Um, I honestly don't know much about that either because I'm stuck on season two right now, just trying to get through it to get to season three. But uh, a lot of people have been excited and a lot of fans have been excited. Um, And it's interesting because now that I'm watching and getting updated on it, a lot of things that happened in that show like have happened in our real life right now, which is just very interesting scary. and one of the main thing it is scary because one of the main things was that um once they started putting uh regulations on women and all these things happen um there was an attack and riot on the u.s capitol um and that just kind of gave me some flashbacks which was interesting so i just thought it was interesting that things i'm not saying that hands made tale is going to happen i don't think that anything like that is ever going to happen, maybe? Hopefully not. I'm going to hope not. Um, but it was just interesting that that has actually happened now and that that episode came Sounds out. Sounds like a show that I would like. Two or three years interesting. ago. Yeah. I, so I try to get into it. My husband loves it. So, you know, I, I, it was okay. I, I got past the first like season. That was a political thriller kind of thing? Or? It could kind of. It's a, yeah. Blessed be the fruit. Blessed. That's all I'm going to say. I don't know what that means. I don't either. I can't what's the thing? What's the thing that they say that's like uh, he's always watching or like uh, he yeah uh, the eye something blessed be the fruit. I don't know. Sound blessed be the fruit. Sounds like something. It's very like a mix between like what is that? What is that? Uh, 
Big Brother is always watching. What's that book? Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. That's basically what they're saying. It's except like they're talking about. Orson, it's very biblical. Is it Orson Welles that did that? I don't know. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But it's very biblical. So like they try they try to take things from the Bible very seriously in this show. So like one girl gets in trouble and they decide that her punishment is death and they want them all to stone her. Oh, like wow. literally people, yeah, like yeah. So it sounds so, really intense. Very interesting. It's a very interesting show. Very it interesting. Is. Okay. Are we ready for our pop culture education today? All right, hit hit me. Hit me with that PCE. Okay. So the first thing that we're gonna do today is and I wanna be I'm I'm kinda happy. I wish Eli was here. I'm kind of happy he's not because I know he blurred out all the answers because he knows all these answers because this is his generation. But I want to read out some words. Hold on a second. This is my generation, too. I haven't even told you what we're doing yet. Four years apart. (laughs) She's giving me a look. A lot can happen in four years. We're going to see. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read out a word. And I'm going to, we want Chris to go first because I want to hear what Chris's guess is oh, when no. we go first. Oh, we okay. got a game. I'm so ready. This would have been good if I was here now that I'm thinking because yes, he would, would say the been. correct answer at the end. So, Chris, I'm going to read out a word. Chris is going to say his guess. Jess will say his guess. Oh, and then my. I will tell you if you're correct. It was like the okay? first thing that comes to our mind. You're reading a no, word. No, what you think the word means. Oh, okay. okay. What this, it's right. slang. Okay. It oh, is, good. It is millennial slang. Oh, hey, you Chris have a excited. So, you might know this. Okay, and if you would like it in a sentence, I will try my best to give you the best sentence. <laughs> At least give me some it great is. sentences. I bet. Perfect, oh, man. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna give this an easy one first. What does the word "basic" mean? Plain, like that is you're so basic, meaning you're just a regular person. Okay, Jess. Yeah, it like sounds like you know, there's nothing special. You're not different. You just kind of fit into a category and you're like, a, you know, you're the av- It's kind of kind of similar to another word I think you're going to mention, but is that correct? Yeah, that is correct. That's yeah. that's pretty close. It's ref- uh, refers to someone who is unoriginal and only follows mainstream trends. Sure. So oh, that, oh, so, so that, that is important though. Mainstream tr- trends. So like, yep. yeah, okay, gotcha. Nothing nothing that sets them apart. Yes, perhaps. makes the basic. Right. Okay. So this one has two words in it, technically. But I want to know what it means when I say cap or what it means when I say no cap. Cap or no cap? Um, whoa. I don't know about this one. <laughs> like, uh, I'm going cap today or no cap today. So I'm either going to wear my hat or not wear my hat. I have okay. not. I don't, this, is diff- this is difficult. I don't... Cap or, no or cap. unless you're from a certain part of the city, and that means I'm gonna like cap somebody yeah. today, shoot them, or I'm not the gonna shoot and, them today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> those are my guesses, Jess. Oh, no cap or no cap. Is that I'm not really sure. It it almost it it probably has to do something with style, I suppose, but I I don't really have an educated guess. So those are both incorrect. Oh. The word cap means you're lying. So, like, what? if Jess said... No, it doesn't. You, it means nothing like <laughs> yes, that. Yes, it does. Like, you're hiding beneath your cap slash hat. No cap means you're not lying. So, like, if Jess says... I have actually heard someone um, say that before. And if I didn't Jess know, says something like, uh, you know, man, your roast beef you just made is, is good, I'd say no cap, bro. 
Like, you believe me? You said oh no cap? God. Yeah. No cap No cap means that you're not lying. So that's me saying you're not lying. It is good meatloaf. Oh. Wow. Huh. Okay. That's a really bad example, but I couldn't think of anything better after well, it, that. I don't know. I have heard that now that you say that, but I've just never correlated it correctly, I suppose. Yeah. This is why I wish Eli was here. He would have known all of these by now. <laughs> He's probably said that once or I don't know. No, I doubt. It. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say he has or not. <laughs> I do have to realize that I work for I work with college kids. So like I do have to like that's the only reason I know what any of these do mean. Did you run these by some of your students? I don't sure have to. That... I, they tell it to me all the time. <laughs> She's oh, like, awesome. I know I'm the educator here. What's, I know them. You were the three? student, I am the educator. What's number what three? is what is extra mean like if a person's being extra uh bold and a little overboard like um you're being a little extra there calm down um yeah bold and brazen overboard i can can agree that's basically what i was gonna say overboard is a good word that is pretty that is pretty accurate over the top or excessive someone who is exhibiting dramatic behavior drama queen right that that will be your generation we're on a roll What's All right, what is, what is a glow up? A glow up. Wait a minute. I should know this because I've heard this. You got this. this. Um, Actually, I think I know this too. I don't even know if I could describe it though. Um, I don't know. Somebody who is like... I've... I've no. <laughs> you came into this so confident. What happened? I, you were so I, ready. Now I can't put words to it. I, I, like, I'm going to do a glow up. Like I'm going to make something bigger and... Um, uh-huh. um, uh, oh, God, I'm out. Tap out. Tap, tap. I'm pretty okay, sure a, a glow up is like someone's outfit. Someone's like um, the, way, the way they look. Am I right about that? Like The way they look, yes. So a glow okay. up is when a person that is seen as... And I hate saying unattractive because I don't think anybody... I don't like saying somebody doesn't look good. But somebody that's that started unattractive has now glown up and has become more hmm. attractive. So like a celebrity a version of like like uh, I saw that where like they took cartoon characters and then they like dressed yeah. them and redressed and that's what yeah. the TikTok was called and I was like okay the, I don't understand why it's called that but yeah the most relevant glow the most relevant glow up in like our time is probably like Neville Longbottom from Harry Potter is a big version of a glow up yes. from like the first movie he was kind of chubby and nerdy and then by the last movie he looks like handsome Sexy. and like a normal person. <laughs> I would, I, yeah, sure. Sexy. <laughs> Neville Longbottom. I hope you listen to this. That'd be great. No comment. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> okay. Um, how about let's get this bread? Let's make some money. Yeah, that's Like it. bread, yeah. dough. Okay. That could technically be right. Um, but what this is saying is that that's a pep talk expression similar to let's do this. We got this. Oh, you're talking about the whole phrase. Let's get this bread. Yeah. Okay, I, 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 we were just like talking. Yeah, let's get some money. That's let's go, okay. You know, but it's just like saying, "Hey, let's go, boys!" Like kind of that kind of thing. Let's do yeah. this. Yeah, let's do. Like, this. let's do this. Okay, you know? let's do this. It's a Call of Duty reference. Um, Sorry, I'm trying to find. <laughs> okay, what does it mean if Chris? What does it mean if you are salty? Uh, you're rude and obnoxious. Like, quit being salty. You, yeah. It's slightly different, I think. <laughs> I think it's more of a you're mad. Like if if you know you're salty, you're 
quit being salty, dude. Like, as in, quit being mad. Why are you mad? Like, I, that's my interpretation anyway. So those are both correct, technically, because it's being upset over something little or inconvenient. Hmm. But I would say if anybody's upset about anything, right? Because I usually, yeah, I've, I've used salty to describe something that probably warranted to be upset about, but still, you know. Yeah, like my grandmother would sometimes put extra salt in the soup, and it was salty. But anyway, so you're salty about the saltiness. <laughs> yes, I was. Salty so you're salty about the, about the salty soup. Yeah. Wow. God. Okay. <laughs> I have two more for you. I have two more for you guys, and then we're gonna get to the next thing. So I have to spell. I'm gonna say this word, and then I have to spell it. Okay. Oh God. So the word, the word is thick, but it's spelled T H I C C. Yes. <laughs> I have a thir- 14 year old. Oh, he probably blurts that out quite a bit, doesn't he? Yeah. Oh man, that's funny. We we know what that is. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Okay. Go ahead, Chris. Proud Why don't that you, you describe know it, it, proud parent. <laughs> well, when I hear it used, I think he's describing his little girlfriend who has a big booty. <laughs> like she thick. Oh man, that's that's I can't say that. Could not have said that better myself. Congratulations. Pleasantly plump, curvy Pleasantly in the right places. Plump. Especially sounds... in the butt or thighs. Yep. Pleasantly plump sounds like a flavor. Now, I will say there is a difference between thick with two C's and three C's. Like, there's a whole different category. Oh, yeah. That's with how many C's three you just play. add C's. Like, yep. Yeah. You just keep adding them. Three C C's. Wow. That's pretty good, man. That's a okay. thick. <laughs> but. This last one is pretty popular. Um, what does the word T mean? So, like T E A. And it is not a drink. When referencing them. Oh, I know. Um, that is like gossip. Like, let's spill the tea. I know that because uh, my husband spills the gossip and has tea talk all the time. With his hey, you friends. got me there. I had no idea on that. Not Are you serious? Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm that was a serious. thing while we were in college. Well, that tells you how much I paid attention to all that stuff. <laughs> I guess so. Okay, great job, you guys. I hope you learned, Chris. I hope you learned some new phrases. Thick. <laughs> Thick, and I'm salty about being thick. Are you? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Okay, so our last activity on this segment, I found this great quiz um, that tells us which generation that we belong in. And so Uh I thought we would answer the question. uh, We would each answer a question. So, like, Chris goes first, Jess goes second, I go third, um, to see what generation uh, uh, Still Love You Bro is. As a generation, we're kind of made. How do we feel about? So, so we're just gonna see what the whole is. This gonna be like the median score where, (laughs) yeah, we just make a mean out of all of us. Our average, yeah. There you go. Okay, so Chris, pick a social media app: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok. Facebook. Okay, it's okay. I picked that one today. I would have said MySpace, but no, you wouldn't. Don't lie. I was a MySpacer. (laughs) You were. You know so that I. anymore, do you? Hmm? Okay. It still exists. Yeah, I would have said Facebook okay. as well, uh, even okay, though I'm Jess. no longer on it. So I will say I would. I said Facebook. I took this quiz today. I said Facebook. So I'm not. We're not fully out of it yet. Jess, what is your favorite meal of the day? Breakfast, brunch, lunch, or dinner? What brunch? Um, gosh, that's a tough question. Probably, probably dinner is going to be the best meal. Breakfast. I will say. 
I also said dinner because that's the biggest meal that I eat in the day. Yeah, usually the most I just rewarding. Yeah, at dinner. Okay, my question. You're going to McDonald's. What's your go-to food choice? Double cheeseburger, veggie wrap, filet of fish, nuggets and fries, a it's signature meal. Specific serving. Definitely going to have to say nuggets and fries. Even though I can't eat the nuggets. Okay, this is going to be a good one for you, Chris. <laughs> Pick a pop queen. Ariana Grande. Dua Lipa, Beyonce, Mariah Carey, Madonna, or Britney Spears? His face of confusion. I'm going to say Madonna because I remember her, but I've also got to pick Britney Spears because my husband loves Britney Spears. Okay. So nice in the middle there. Um, I don't even know the other names you threw out. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Jess, you've just been gifted a houseplant. What do you reckon is its life expectancy? LMAO? Who gives people house plants? I wouldn't even accept it. It will be dead within days. Who wouldn't expect? It'll last a solid couple weeks, maybe what? a chance. What do you do? I just... will vow that have this plant live forever. What? Why would you just like not accept it? Like, what are you going to tell the person? I'm just going to throw it in the trash when it's done. Yep. I, sure. I will just keep it alive until I expected. Take care of the thing. I mean, someone so, gave me a house plant. Would you either? Don't be salty. No, no. Don't put yeah, salt on the house being plant. Yeah, salty. So. So would you rather, is it, it would last a solid couple of weeks, maybe by chance, or I will vow to have this plant forever. What kind of plant is it? It's like a house plant. It's like one of these little There's a lot plants. of different kinds of house plants there. If it's like a fern or That's something, it succulent. can last for a while. Yeah, succulents. Yeah. Our listeners can't so, see, but we see Chloe. I know. And she I'm sorry. I forget. Succulents. succulents. Yes. So. If it is a succulent, if it's not like a, a flower or something that's a lot more hard to take care of, definitely it lasts for, for quite a while. We had several succulents okay. at my old house that, um, at my parents' old house that lasted almost the entire stay there. You know, they, they just are really survivable. So, yes, the last option. Okay. Uh, my question is pick a cringe word to start saying all the time adulting, simp, lols, or hip. And I'm going to have to say, I'm going to have to pick a lols because as uh, you both probably know, I put LOL after every single text message I ever send. Wait, so, so the question is like a cringe word that you say all the time? Or that I, to start saying all the time. To start saying all the time. So does the word have to be cringe? Like you want <laughs> it to be cringe? Because if that's the case, it's totally I, simp for me. Because so what does that mean? Well, this it's, isn't your question. I thought we were just going around, like like everyone kind of gets. I their am. You just the answered. Oh, then no. yes, you can. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. Like, continue. Because simp is like a, it's like a person that that goes after a girl and like they're like typically it's in the form of internet. So like the simps are the people that like they follow this girl on the internet and they like message her and send her money and they like pay for illicit pictures and all kinds of stuff like that. And they're like addicted to a woman on the internet. That's typically the, the, but it's, it's kind of expanded its meaning to be, you know, a man. How do how what's the old way of saying like a man is, is like a glue to a girl. A player. No, 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 no. A player is like going to multiple girls. (laughs) A man that's like, Locked into one girl and won't let her go, even though like she's rejecting him and stuff like that. Uh, FWB. What is that? A stalker Friend with benefits. I don't know. No, you're you're missing the point. Friend anyway. zoned. Anyway. Anyway, we'll move on because I think you're com- that's flying right over Chris's head. <laughs> Simping. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I still think I still think that what Jess is uh, describing is a stalker, a yeah. guy obsessed with one girl. No, that's what a simp is. <laughs> that, uh, anyway. Anyway. 
Okay, Chris, you've had a rough week. Choose something to make you feel better. Some peanuts, a bowl of uh, uh, chips, a chocolate bar, iced coffee, or a stiff drink on the rocks. Stiff drink on the rocks. I don't have to think about that. Oh, rocks are no bad rocks. That I, is it bad that I said chocolate bar? Chocolate bar? Yep. No, that's, that's, I, that's I am over the age of 21, and I said chocolate bar. There you go. You don't have to. You don't always need a stiff drink. Chocolate sometimes does the job. No, I need a stiff drink. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm going to have to describe the next one to our listeners because it is a picture question because I forgot about this. So it says, which of the following memes is most classic? And, and Jess, I will show you here in a moment. Okay. Um, the first one is the woman with like the big like diamond earrings. And it says, and I oop. The next one is the woman yelling at cat. And the next one is doge. The doge dog. The most classic? Is that the question? The most, yeah, most classic. Okay, then definitely Doge. Doge came first, and Doge also is the king of the world right now because of its currency. has made me very rich. <laughs> so, anyway, yes, Doge is the winner. Chris, do you, do you, do you know? You know what the Doge is? Chris, do you know any is? of those memes? I know, the, the, yeah, Elon Musk is trying to get everybody to buy his Dogecoin. It's not his, but yeah, it's but a yeah. general idea. So, yeah, if we could talk about that, that'd be really cool. That's, I love the Doge. Okay, the last question. Lord, uh, and finally, pick a classic film saga, and you both are going to hate me for this, and I'm so sorry. My options are Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, Harry Potter, or Twilight. I'm sorry. As the teenage girl that I was, I have to pick Twilight. Oh. Oh, Rip. That was a heartbreak. That's unfortunate. <laughs> Here he was expecting you to pick uh, Harry Potter, and you're like, I have to pick Twilight. <laughs> Chris is so Listen, disappointed. I will say, I, I like all of them. I definitely like the other ones more oh, than Twilight, man. but Twilight obsessed my life a lot more, other than like Star Wars. But Star Wars has been like in my entire life. Now, so, okay, I have to... I have to say, with with this test, are they putting Star Wars in there as in, like, this is now a modern thing? Because, no, I got into Star Wars when it was, like, Star Wars. I'm pretty sure Star Wars was the older answer. Okay, then that's Star Wars definitely and Lord of, So, Star Wars is like, okay, are you ready for our results? We've got to hear the results. Generation yeah, definitely. Still Love You Bro is in. Okay, Still Love You Bro is Gen X, 1965 to 1976. I feel like I like swayed the answer a little bit. Quite a bit. Yeah. What were you born in? 63? 79. <laughs> I suddenly do not love you still, bro. Uh, well, we may disagree, wow. but wow. In the end. But in the end, wow. I, you know what? Yes. I, I'm sorry. And I have no shame. Oh my in it. gosh. I, I had the privilege of living in the 80s and you millennials have no idea what you miss. We talked about this on an earlier episode. Yeah, I think we missed I it. I wish. I yeah. wish I was there. I didn't I ask you something like, you know, did, do you look back and like think your clothes are weird? And you're like, no, I like them. Yes. MC <laughs> I want to wear all them pants. Yeah. So anyway. Oh my gosh. Hey, I did it for, <laughs> because we're talking about the eighties. I did find out a fact today that the day that, um, that Marty McFly went back to the future. So it went back in time is the same day that the Goonies started on. There's what? evidence in both films that they were both on the same day in the same year. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. That is interesting. 
Now, I, I was I was afraid you were going to say that meme where like they change the the uh, like the date on the time clock to say, oh yeah, that was today. And now it actually happened in 2020, didn't it? it I think that's right. That was actually the day of that they came to the future in happened. In no, it was in 2015. Oh really? Oh yep. But did they not go to 2020 was, at some point, or or was it? I 2019? think it was. It was set it, mm-hmm. when he hits it in the second movie. Doc Brown hits the thing to try and make it work, and it said 2020 at one point. And then uh, it goes back to like okay. the 16 whatever year he went back. Gotcha. But that was 2015. They were in 2015 when he was in the future, and he got the sports almanac. Mm. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Well, cool. That's a cool series, and. We we jump around all kinds of crazy different places with this show. Yeah, we, we do. do. So we're we like do. squirrels. Yep. yep. Our listeners are like, Whoa. hey, it's just because I'm here. We it's talked really a lot okay. about squirrels in the first part of the episode too. So yeah. luckily, we're squirrels that don't consume uh, wire cladding. But what I will say is, I hope our audience, please, if you don't know the words that we just used, educate yourself, understand the young person's lingo. Yeah, Chris. But don't call uh, don't call a girl thick to make fun of her. Yeah. Okay? That's Chris. my only lesson for today. Whoa! I didn't say Chris. I didn't <laughs> I <know>. say you. <laughs> I, I have learned a lot of words. I hope you guys learned a lot today. Yeah, yeah, he does. So, well, we appreciate your time, Chloe, and uh, this has been a really long episode. I feel like I say that every single time, but uh, it has been good. I'd say I, I really enjoyed our guest, and of course, Chloe has brought us some lovely. Um, millennial facts or i don't know what we call that it's not even millennials anywhere as gen z in it i brought you some education education some some education. pop culture education pce so that's what it is well thanks for your time chloe we appreciate you yes and we appreciate you for coming and telling us about pop culture yep and we appreciate you listeners out there thanks so much for tuning in to still love you bro and uh we will get back to you soon we have um social media so if you'd like to uh, reach out to us on there, you're more than welcome to. We also have email. We've got Jess at Still Love Ya Bro, which is with a Y-A, dot com, and Chris at Still Love Ya Bro, dot com. And yours is actually J-E-S-S-E That's, at yeah. Still Love Ya Bro. That's the correct way to spell my name, yes. So we do yes. need to clarify. <laughs> uh, rate us, review us on your podcast app. Uh, visit our website, stillloveyabro.com. Leave us a comment if you want to make one and uh, reach out to us if you know us personally. We'll be more than happy to talk about you or talk about your comment on the air. And even is- if you don't know us, we'll bring you live on the show. If you have some news or something you want to talk about, we'll, we'll bring you in. We'll play for your, pay for your plane ticket, but you're more than welcome to make it here yourself. Absolutely. Zoom you in. <laughs> Zoom you right in. Thanks for listening. Have a good week, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye, guys. <laughs>